I'm in a somewhat experimental phase of my current life. And the one thing that I've had in common over the past few days is I've gone on one long hike and now I'm off on another hike. And uh, I'm finding myself in these optional states of physicality, that is, position on Earth. And emotionally as well, I'm just like in this phase of like optimism as well as just localism, reverence and nostalgia as well as positivity and optimism about the future and it's it's so random that it's even occurring and i i can think i i think i know what the ingredient is well besides coffee i was denied food stamps and for the first time in about six or seven years i'm like don't even want to get food stamps anymore which is sort of uncharacteristic of me who's like willing to receive any kind of free monetary or spending power but i know why and like i've gone through brief phases where i haven't gotten food stamps too but and it's partially because santa cruz county doesn't put out very good and the other thing is is i don't necessarily want to go to los angeles county just to try to get food stamps and welfare because i actually get more bounty here even without food stamps because they don't give that out as much but there's more like charity food and cloth and option it's just it's just I'm in this ver- various state of like abundance, but it's not related to food stamp. But as soon as I'm like not on food stamp, I'm not exactly sure what it is, but I give no fucks. I give no fucks. And then I'm like way more into acquisitional mentality of a mercantilist or a participant who receives literal goods or services, but mostly just goods. I don't know how I services services. Oh, I take services like, especially in the form of Wi-Fi or delivery of the coffee coffee to my hand. And then the other coincidence is that I accepted twenty dollars from my mom, and I've been buying coffee recently, and I'm on day three or four of that. And coffee like puts me in this just psychoactive state, as well as like a physically energized state, which may accompany this willingness to hike long distance from the origin point of my current camp as willing as well as like a willingness to maybe settle again or take a day trip or maybe settle if I found like sleeping bag material here and there but I'm not necessarily ready to leave the county but or necessarily go too far from what is like sort of my my center of caloric intake as well as warmth and safety and cultural center which is home as well as place to poop I mean honestly I think home is where the poop is. I mean, there's really, I mean, you can poop anywhere, really, but when it's time to poop and you've got nowhere else to go, you're going home, right? I'm going home. Yet, especially in my way of life, like, I can basically poop anywhere in the hills as long as I have, like, a certain amount of privacy and I need to lay down after I'm done for my disability and stuff. And it's, I pooped up in the hills, what was it, yesterday? Or, I don't think it was yesterday. Wait, was it yesterday? Where was I? Let's see, today is Friday. I feel like I went hiking on Wednesday. Yeah, it was Wednesday because the Bitcoin meetup was that night, but I was out in the hills. Mountains, really. I was way up there. I was basically on my way to San Jose. Oh, yeah, so back to Sand Hill Road. I mean, I don't really like sounding like a fucking, what do you call it, Falacio intern for the venture capitalist class of particular individuals 
who lives in Palo Alto or whatever, and Menlo Park, I'm not exactly sure, but this Sand Hill Road VC lot, but I mean, I've been kind of revolving around this idea for a long time and attempting to go there and sort of like maybe get financed or accelerated, but I've tried to do so remotely as well, and it's not that I've had no luck. I, I have not been financed, but I've had no ability to like actually defer to their standards except for maybe once or twice. And I mean, that's, in my opinion, like half of the problem. And if the problem would be lack of function in online applications, typically, especially as they relate to Palo Alto mentality or Silicon Valley mentality related to particular outliers, outlayers of fiat currency, which is USD denominated. And like I have two guys in mind, one guy in mind particularly that I think really fucks things up. I've watched him do it, I think. The other guy I kind of like, but then I was looking, I just looked at the Wikipedia page of Sand, what's it called? Sand Road, what's it called? Sand Hill, Sand Hill Road, sorry. And um, <clears throat> by the way, um, I'm going to talk about this probably for the next hour or two. <sighs> Briefly, though, I saw that in 1976, there was the first venture capitalist firm, starts with a K, I think it's Kleiner Perkins. They were referred to, and that was such a long time ago. I'm like, wow, that was before I was even born. I was born in 1978. I didn't realize that that history like went back that long. And then the other fact I noticed in Wikipedia, which I may have copied and pasted into a robot, or maybe I read, but I, it came from there, was that commercial real estate, especially in the dot-com bubble, was higher than Manhattan or London. And I think it still may be in one particular stretch of Sand Hill, or Sand, yeah, Sand Hill Road. And that was news to me. And it also made me think of Kushner at 666 Fifth Avenue. It's, in fact, it's, it directly compared it to Fifth Avenue, or Fifth Street, Fifth Avenue, right? Sorry, I always forget because I don't live in New York. I know Fifth Avenue is like major. It's not Fifth Street, is it? It's 666 Fifth Avenue, I think. Or is it Fifth Street? Because I made that mistake once and I was trying to do like a, a pitch and I made a joke, I think, and I had it wrong. Just like today, I put out a missive to this um, enterprise, this journalistic venue that's subsidized by this particular group, and <clears throat> I accidentally misspelled, what was the word, um, I don't remember, and I was like, looking at the word, it starts with an A, and it has two L's, oh, automatically, and I, the spell check, like, it went back to Android spell check or something, it's the Google keyboard fell off my Android somehow, I don't know why, I probably breathed on my phone, and I can't find it again, but the spell check was at it says automatically with one L. And I'm like, that doesn't look right. And I'm like, dude, what the fuck? And I'm like, I knew that was wrong. So I went to Google. I was afraid I was going to lose the draft of my email. Actually, I went to Bing. And then I typed in automatically and it shows me two L's. I'm like, yeah, that looks better. And so I copied and pasted that. Or I thought I did. And then I went back to typing. I was like, and I was referring to the fact in the email that automatically it was misspelled by spell check. And I typed the word again. But I forgot to put an A in front of the LL. And so I had sent the thing, even though I hadn't double, triple checked it. I was like, you know what? If there's a typo in there, and sure enough, there was. 
And I was like, oh, so I just applied to be a writer and I misspelled a word while referring to how Spellcheck was misspelling the same damn word. Not that I need an editor so much, it's just I can do my own proofreading. I just didn't do it. Because, like, sending a essay or a missive through fucking Gmail is a little annoying. And it's probably not my best way of sending a file mobily if I'm typing, but I was just in the, you know, that's how I was doing it. But in the future, I mean, the thing is, is I'm quite qualified to type and proofread my own work. That's not to say I'm perfect. I mean, humans make mistakes. I mean, I make mistakes every single day. But absolute perfection and proofreading and whatnot is not necessarily my full aim in life. Yet, of course, I see the irony of applying to be a typer or a reporter or, as they, they call it, a writer, while misspelling work. And obviously, that would be a negating aspect of my application. Unless the editor was a little more comprehensive or wise and may have found something more interesting about what other words I used, which I found to be interesting. But you know what? Here's the thing about editors. And I don't even know if I'm being shadow bad when I try to, uh, holy fuck, on the topic. I come right up here and I'm talking about Sand Hill Road and all this, and I'm about to walk to Scotts Valley and stuff on Market Road. And I come across this book right here behind some garbage, The Motley Fool Investment Guide. Why is it that bums and recyclers like me, this guy's got recycled cans, he's got black duct tape on a, a booze can. <laughs> like that's gonna, <laughs> that's gonna keep a cop from like investigating you or something. Who knows why the fuck that guy did that. And you got a soda cup, this is McDonald's and some trash. Somebody tied it up good. Wait a second. It's tied up, is that food? Maybe it is food. Why are scroungers reading investment guides like me? Like, I mean, why does, why does that go hand in hand? Is it mere greed of like a, a poverty-stricken fool who is actually mining for aluminum in relationship to a CRV nickel, which I don't even think we can recycle in Santa Cruz County anymore. I think Trump or Chuck Schumer did something, and it, it did. It started with the anti-Chinese sentiment, and then the news reports uh, revolved around um, Asia's not taking California's trash anymore, or the trash of America. Damn, I want to jump this fucking tree. It's hella fucking dangerous right here. Ugh, I had to trust that that fucking tree was not going to break on me. It's like a thousand pounds. And I scooted under it. I could have gone over it, but I think next time I'll go over it. Oh, how the fuck did these trees even fall, man? They look like they were hewn. Oh, nice rock. Wow, that's a fucking cool rock. Oh, wow. What the fuck? Is that sandstone? I wouldn't know what it is. Um, I'm looking for a good place to sit. I'm going to read this book. Because, after all, why go to Sand Hill Road when I can just sit out here and especially read the Motley Fool Investment Guide? Even if it's like a... Um, some kind of biased source. I don't really like the website for some reason. I just... Seems like they're always trying to get me to buy reports and stuff, and it's like I don't like the clown, I don't like the jester thing. I don't know, and it's just it seems like their analysis or whatever the publication it's always seems like it's a little bit wrong. I mean, I really like Zero Hedge kind of, but 
they've got cookies and their web pages are hard to download for offline. I'm just telling you, especially on Opera mobile browser, it's like, dude, I load your fucking pages, I can't download them. There's another website that does that a lot, I forget which it is. Is it Bloomberg? No, I think Bloomberg comes down. But um, there's some other source that I like to refer to. Uh, and it's like I have to load your shit and like I save it for offline and it doesn't work. I don't remember it's, if it's New York Times or... What was it? It's one of those Wall Street Journal or somebody fucks up so much that I can't even... I can't even do it anymore. Oh, there's a tent up here. Um, I'm like tempted to pass by, but I'm kind of intimidated by this tent. All right, I'm going to go back down. Fuck it. I'm going to go sit somewhere else. Oh, I could just go sit down in the dog park, too. I'm still in this book, though. Oh, this is a New York Times bestseller? Oh, I totally believe that. Oh, my God, this must have validity. Yeah, in my previous recording, I made, like, a kind of nasty joke against a particular marketing professor of particular Jewish sounding academic spot of hustling on particular seaboard near particular money center or mint of particular rectangle Euler greenback or digital variant thereof cotton linen fiat source dick but um I didn't mean that to be anything more than comedic political uh, rhetoric against an asshole who I like. I mean, the guy's taught me a lot, but he's a dick. You know, I mean, is it possible to, like, learn something from someone who's kind of like a creepy, evil, dastardly fuck? And maybe he's not, but, I mean, he said some stuff. As I sent signal their way recently, he said some really criminal shit. I mean, he's talking about eugenics genocidal humor against commercial competition that he's probably subsidized by the opposing corporation, which is apparently dominant, but it's, it's waning in relevance, absolutely. Oh, good. This is a nice spot. Full of cloth. Oh, this is great. Hopefully I can sit up here for a little bit. Hopefully no one comes by and is like, this is my shit. You looking at my girl? You looking at my girl? You looking at my girl? Oh, nice notebook. I don't even need to go to Palo Alto. I got everything I want now. Let's see, except for water. Fuck yeah. Oh, nice, dude. Oh, this is somebody's. I don't even need to produce consciousness anymore. Someone's producing it for me. Someone's producing art. With pants. Pants. Give me like a nice little cloth to lay down on. There's a nice bag. That's a good bag. I don't even think it's full of gear. I could take a look at that newspaper and estimate the last time someone was here. Probably because that seems like the last time somebody gave a fuck. Or brought something. Oh, in fact, oh, I thought it said Newscom. But it says Mexican. Tariffs. Oh, phew, I farted. God, that stinks. Um... Fucking it. Oh, another book. Man, there's a lot of fucking paper up here. Some stickers. Man, I'm gonna just put a sticker on my dick. 
draw a picture of a pussy and ejaculate all over it. I'll have sex with a cartoon. Just kidding. Not safe for work. Not safe for macro. Not safe for New York settlement. Not safe for NYSE. Not safe for SEC. Not safe for Redcoats. Not safe for you. Not safe for Cepheus. Not safe for... Yeah, here's what I was thinking. I'm about ready to tell you, but... Ooh, it's such secret information. I don't know if I'm going to reveal it right now for free. Are you listening to this with subtracting spaces? For I want there to be no silence between my vocalized English sentences. And I want those farts to punctuate new sentences. Exactly. And then, maybe I'll re-record, or you will. In fact, you could probably do it in the browser. And so everything I say, or I said, that is punctuated by a fart, will not have silences in between my voice, my speech, that is, and the fart sound. For maximum comedic influence upon subjective user. I'm going to sit down on this t-shirt. Oh, is that an arrow? I don't usually promote garments particularly, but there's this brand of, uh, I think it's cotton t-shirts from the 60s. It might have been polyester as well or a blend. And it was called Arrow. I used to find those in thrift stores, and I was always, every time I found an Arrow shirt with um, short sleeves especially, I was like, oh, this is going to be a good one. I don't know what it was. It's just so interesting about cut of shirt and stuff. By the way, since you're so good at marketing and garments and wholesale and resale and stuff, why don't you pick up that damn copyrighted trademark label or name, brand, in the discount bin? Because it's got to be. It's not out anymore. And use it again. It's got a cool word. Get all the um, patterns that are probably intellectual property if they've been filed, and reproduce that same cut. I'm, I don't think I'm the only guy that would prefer that cut. It was really, it was good. I mean, there are near similar instances yet. And don't go all freaking fancy retro quadrupling the price of it. I'm talking about make something very cost-effective because that stuff was good. Arrow. I'm going to start promoting brands that are defunct and cause their resurrection or the buying of their intellectual property at bankruptcy proceedings. I mean, there's probably a history to that garment, the brand of Arrow. Where was it folded into? What happened? You know, it's probably ended in the late 60s. I don't know. Maybe the 70s. And I'm telling you, the cut was good. Every time I go to thrift stores and I find Arrow, I was like, oh, this is going to be a great shirt. I mean, maybe I just like the word, but I'm telling you, like, there's a lot of cotton, polyester, you know, button-up shirts that just didn't quite do it. They'd be shruggish, they'd, like, fit my shoulders wrong, and I usually got, like, 16 inches, approximately 16, 15, 16, 17, somewhere around there. I think I got smaller when I was younger, but once I got, like, 
got into a, I don't know, it seems like I've grown more too in my past decade, because now I'm like constantly wearing extra large. When I was younger, I used to wear medium sometimes, and large, but I can't do anything but extra large nowadays. I don't want to do anything but extra large. I don't know if I've gotten bigger or what, I just just want that looseness. I'll probably, I'd probably would rather wear XXL, but I don't know. I just take what I can get. Alright, so we got, uh, this guy got a stack of papers. They're all the same thing. I wonder why he did that. Why would you bring three newspapers of the same? Oh my god, he's a serial killer! And he's got three eyes on his face. Ah! That must be why he got three newspapers. Just kidding. Schools, coding, education company, ready to grow. Looks like a little Indian boy. Yeah. Wow. And what... Oh my golly, this is almost like... Three or four months ago. <laughs> Fugitive arrested after years on the lam. Oh, he looks like a gardener. Jack Daniels takes tariff hit amid trade war. Ooh. That couldn't be good for business. I'm going to read that too. Mexican officials try to stave off tariffs. This was uh, June 6th, Thursday, June 6th, 2019. They advertised Facebook and Twitter on the front of this newspaper. I found that to be so sad. It'll be such an anachronism in about 20, 30 years. They'll be like, oh yeah, remember those stupid-ass social media profiles that people used to use? No. Way back in the day. It'll be like frappers and shit. Back in the days of Twitter and Facebook. Back in the days, frappers and Facebooks. Back in the days, everybody cared about hashtags. Back in the days when everybody used Cobalt Blue or Peacock Blue social media. Everybody gave a fuck back then about putting their face on Facebook and Twitter and Instagram. Now they realize that even they are on the lamb. Back in the day when everyone was gay and everyone was invertedly hey, hey, hey. Social media. Thank you, Queen Honors D-Day veterans at moving ceremony. Portsmouth, England, the Associated Press. Queen Elizabeth II and world leaders, including U.S. President Donald Duck, gathered Wednesday on the south coast of England to honor the troops who risked and sacrificed their lives 70 years, 75 years ago on D-D-D, on BBD. A bloody BBD, but ultimately triumphant turning point in World War... I, 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 World War, Ionic Columns, two of them, World War, uppercase I, uppercase I, creating negative space, a little vestibule, World War, Ionic Column, Ionic Column, period, across the Chanel brand perfume, American and British paratroopers, not Nazis that they were not, dropped into northwestern France and scaled cliffs. The white cliffs beside Normandy beaches. The white cliffs of Dover bend over. Normandy. 
Normandy beaches. I bet they weren't called Normandy by the French. They were called Pierre. This is Pierre Beach. Get away, Normand. Go back to your English place. Recreating the daring hostler. What? Recreating across the channel perfume, American and Gladio paratroopers who sat on their haunches dropped their deuce onto the dead corpses of the Protestants who fought after they had been shipped off in boats into northwestern France and scared cliffs beside Normandy beaches, recreating the daring, costly invasion that helped liberate Europe from Nazi occupation. Wow, they recreated it. Probably for a TV show. God, this is so offensive. Oh, God, it's so sad. I'm not even sad. I'm just fucking... God, I just can't believe white people were so fucking fixed into dying. I mean, people have called it... Somebody called it a Catholic trick against Protestants. If it was Zionist, if it was Toryist, Royalist, Franco-Flyle... Somebody got you to fucking die. Oh my, I don't even know what happened in Normandy. But I'm never, ever going to revere D-Day or Normandy when, what do they call that, the greatest generation was fucking just stupidly saving Private Ryan against other stupids. But who knows if Spielberg's movie was even halfway accurate. I don't even think it was necessarily. Who stormed Normandy? Yeah, that was a good idea. <laughs> Let's go fucking liberate the people from the Nazis. <laughs> no, I mean, there's nothing There's nothing actual about the paradigms. I don't even know what happened. Clearly, there was an American fascist or a Nazi movement. And if that had succeeded, which it did, it's all perception management. Historical reference as well. <laughs> In fact, even referring to Normandy is a loss. Of sanity. It's just an instance. There's so much, and that's that's <coughs> that's why that guy was me too at Amazon because he presented Man in the High Castle. <sighs> Recog of anything World War Deuce is a deuce. It's a stewed goose. It's a spruce goose. I don't even want to fucking fly it. It's too big. To loss. Nice pants. Back to the garment, garment industry. He made his fortune in the garment industry. He did, yeah. yeah. He didn't put his hand in the tip jar and give you a tip from your own tips. No, he wouldn't do that. God, I've seen the reptilians up close. Red-headed garment wholesaler. What was his name? It was something he would have been like Mari or some really Jewish name. It wasn't Ralph. What was that guy's name? I've already seen it all, bro. That would be you. You're seeking alpha. I ejaculated into your butthole before you were born. Saving Private Ryan. PMA, bro. Pink Mist Association. Are you in it or not? Oh, it's like I almost killed... Kalanick's mom on accident by making a fictional show called 
Netflix and Kill. It was episode four. No hovercraft for Teal. And I was like, oh. It's been happening for a while now. I'm like, wait a minute. Okay, so... Every fiction and every idea I come up with... If they were already on my dick, on top of my algo... It's like they could use my strategy against me. I don't know, just by reverting it or taking all my fear and then doing it. Oh, how old is the Bavarian Illuminati? And which techniques of mastery do they use to terrorize and intimidate their adversaries or their opponents? Their rivals, their young rivals. Or their incognizant approaching opposition who rivals them and speaks their fucking masterful language to them stupidly. Allah, Allah, Akbar, I mean, Baba, Araba, Abba, Haba, Haba, Black Cauldron. Bar, 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 Ababa. Legalese. Origin of legalese. Haba, 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 Black Cauldron, blah, blah, haba. Oi, oi. What's this? What's this? This looks good. Alright, I'm going to lean up against this tree. Okay. If you don't understand Jordan Maxwell's astrotheology, sovereign law, maritime law, back to the origin of la 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 and ba 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 ra black cauldron, black robe, Chaldean origin of Babylonian law, blah blah. And when the judge negates the bench once, then twice, then three times, and what language comes back after you win in maritime... You'll be facing a black magician, essentially, who's ah-ba-ba-ba-barring you, ba-ba-ba-ba-ar-ak-ba. But it's, I'm mixing up the joke with Allah-Allah-Akba, ba-ba-ar-ba-ba-ba-ba-ba. Then go back and do all that research. I think Jordan Maxwell once said, You better learn the, you better mean the double learning of this word, or there is very serious people. The vessel, the vessel, the birth vessel, the vessel, the vessel. The ship. Flotsam and jetsam. That's not a direct quote. Oh, well. Once again, I mean, I want to, like, kind of... I want to do this. I want to do the speech thing, but I don't want to repeat everything that I've already learned. Because there's people out there that have learned as much as I've learned. And then there's people that came, you know, with that knowledge to the playground and those people I am concerned about alpha seeking omega I am the alpha and the omega that's what your wife said to me after I fucked her in the ass. And she said to me, I am the alpha Just kidding. Your wife told me she was getting a divorce, though. Fucking lying, bitch. I was young. That would be that one guy. Oh, and by the way, my 
my parents or him is related to Egyptian royalty and they get blown up at weddings and <laughs> there's that little, yeah, you know, it kind of sucks to be mean, but that's okay, right? Yeah, we get blown up at Egyptian weddings in our spare time, but I mean, they, you don't mind, do you? Oh, by the way, uh, my mother works for the Illuminati in Switzerland. Um, that doesn't bother you, does it? We have good dairy. Wow, I didn't even realize what I was saying. I'm going to high y'all this branch. High fucking y'all. Oh, yeah, that was a good job. That was not easy to break. Fresh wood. <sighs> I, like, inadvertently made myself a little chair. Like, I totally... I, I knew I wanted to sit down, but I didn't realize that I was going to have this tree behind me. But it's like I sort of innately kind of accidentally made that happen. And then... I don't know if it was my instinct or what. I'm going to take this... Uh, it might have been an accident. And then I'm going to take this for now. That looks pretty good, too. I'm going to make it a little bed for myself. Oh, that looks good. Ooh, it's got all these sow bugs on it. Shit! Shit! Fuck! I just destroyed their habitat. That was rude. Fuck, this bag is good, though. It's probably full of drugs. Nope. Oh, fuck! That's a cool-ass bag, Eddie Brower. Eddie Bauer. Thanks, dude. Thanks, Eddie. That's a nice bag. Mind if I misuse it as a pillow? I don't want those sow bugs crawling on my back when I'm hanging out here. But... Oh, it's more Pantagonia. Nice vest. Why so puffy? That was kind of a Roman joke from Secession. And hopes and dreams in there, Tom? I heard, didn't I hear from Peter Kafka that Panagonia is going to stop making the vests? And it was like after Silicon Valley made jokes about their vests, and then it was like they recycled the joke in the secession almost. It was like pretty much the same joke. Ooh. That's a nice jacket. Huh. Ah. Wise grasshopper. I mean, non-wise grasshopper. Get the fuck out of my jackets. Be like Watan. Cutter and Buck. The adventures of two faggots who made a jacket. Damn, dude. This guy's like... This guy came from Sand, Sand Hill Road. He's like wearing his Cutter and Buck windbreaker. He's got his Abercrombie and Dick Eddie Brower backpack. He's got three newspapers that are the same. He like came over here. He's doing the same thing that I'm doing. He's like... I'm seeking Alpha. I'm seeking Alpha. Maybe it's over. He, he's like, the, the Alpha's greener on the other side of the hill. The Alpha's got to be greener over on the other side of the hill. It, it kind of blows my mind. I want to talk about Sand Road Hill or whatever, the Hill Road or whatever, but the fuck. I'd rather talk about Sandberg's vagina. Did you ever get sand in her vagina? She's like, yes. That's why I call, I hold my shawl so close to my chest. Because I have sand in my She's That's why I'm racist against you. Lean in. Did I tell you about that one time I thought I was being surveilled in Florida? Because, like, they put her book in this little mini library that I was reading. 
and I took one look at it and I was like, fuck this bitch. So I read like two or three pages of it. Actually, I ripped out a few pages and then I threw it in the garbage. And this guy, 10 yards from me, he's like, I knew it. He threw it in the garbage. And I was like, huh, really? They're all, look, look, they're all, look, he's going to throw it in the garbage. I'm like, dude, they're trying to wrangle this Asperger's genius. And that's how they're doing it. They're putting these books in front of me. Then they're over there. And I'm like, let's just get him to do this, and then we'll get him to do that, and then we'll try to coach him into the fucking... They're trying to get me into the pen. Fucking be their databaser or something. I'd be like, we need a guy like him who thinks outside the box. He's working for us now. But yeah, on the same side of uh, ad tech surveillance capitalist mafia, of which I include Walter Mossberg currently. He's the guy that said that, ad tech mafia. It's like he could refer to himself. Maybe I'll try that. You know, except I'm not like that. I'd be like, oh. The exactly esoteric alpha snaggers are totally out to negate the very existence of my good and product. As he's done right now against me, bitch. I just described myself. Ooh, there's my favorite food. It's called your pussy. I mean, this... I'll eat your neck. Uh, who was the last person I was thinking about eating? It was um, some fat bitch. I think it was a fat bitch. I was just thinking about Fleisch and just like grilling up her fucking buttocks on a barbecue grill. Was that you? No. No, I don't think about eating men. In fact, I don't even see fat men anymore. What the fuck was the last fat man? I saw? Oh, no, wait, I saw a fat guy. Let's see him. Fat man, fat man. I've seen a couple of fat men. But I see a lot of fat women. Oh, I saw some nice booty. Not speaking of cannibalism. Changing the topic towards just good old booty. But that would be juicy if I was a cannibal. Yeah, I saw this girl walk by today. She was like... I looked back at her and she was like wearing this like... Kind of like... Free-flowing pant thing. And I looked back at her butt cheeks. She was just like flopping through the freaking cloth. And I was like, yeah, that's pretty good booty. That's pretty maximum. Bootalicious. I don't really roll on top of waves like that. But if I did... I don't really accelerate the force of my hips against a splat splat of dark meat like that. But if I did... If she'd let me... I'd be like, oh yeah. Riding the brown waves of her, like, flood-japulating buttocks. Getting into the whole ebb and flow of her butt as I was splatting against it. Like a fucking asphyxiated peroxium-having abalone. Roger Rabbit than I am. One of my girlfriends once said that I looked like Robert Roger Rabbit when I was humping her one time. And then she didn't even remember saying that later. She's like, she said it. She might have been drunk or stoned or something. And she's like, oh my God, you look like Roger Rabbit. She's like, I love you even though you look like Roger Rabbit when we're having sex. <laughs> That's the funniest. I called one of my notebooks Roger Rabbit after that. 
because I thought it was so funny. I mean, I don't mind being compared to Roger Rabbit, but it's just it's such a funny comparison. <laughs> Almost anybody that's seen Roger Rabbit can remember him like bouncing back and forth like this wild, freaking bendable length of white creature that just like boing, 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 like bending in the middle. And I just to imagine myself looking like that as I was humping him. That's <laughs> <was> funny. <laughs> and then, uh, and then the funnier thing is that she didn't remember saying that. I was like, "Remember that time you called me Roger Rabbit?" She said, "It looks like Roger." Ah, <laughs> oh, she was fine. God, I've been thinking about her a lot. I mean, I guess I think it's not that I want to get back together with her necessarily, but um, just that like she was one of the best girlfriends I ever had, really. I guess I have, like, resentment, like, deep resentment somehow that, like, I never knew how to, like, propose and be monogamous and commit to matrimony, particularly. I didn't quite understand, like, how to do it, you know? It's like, I didn't know if I wanted to, and I kind of feel like I was psyoped into being more anti-matrimony and just, like, I didn't quite have that, you know, template psychologically of how to really marry like, distinctly and completely. And I'm not alone. I mean, it's not that we have broken families. It's just that there is a lot of divorce in America. And, you know, it's just like we kind of grew up, not just my generation probably, but pretty much my generation and then the generation before. Like, my mom's parents were divorced. My dad didn't even know his parents. He was adopted. And then my parents divorced. And then my mom divorced again and again to the same guy. And I mean, it's just like matrimony was just not really in the template. Although my dad stayed married to my stepmom for a long time until he died. But they were close to splitting up a couple times. What is this net? Oh, that looks pretty cool. I almost pop a fap right now, but I hope that made somebody laugh. There's a guy at DNS. Go, go get DNS to listen to this. Open DNS. And, uh, I'd say his name, but he taught me what FAP meant. I'm like, what's FAP? And he, had to, he laughed for a little bit, and then he told me what FAP was. Uh, oh. I was just saying I was going to pop a FAP because I'm just, like, sitting out here, and I'm just, like, about to lay back on this thing. There's an inchworm. Hey, dude. Hey, dude, you're going to have to get off. You look like a penis. You literally look like a penis. Have you ever seen worms that look exactly like penises? And wondered, like, what the fuck is this thing between my legs? Because it looks like a worm. They look exactly the same. Little worms and their heads and penises. I feel that, like, maybe my penis is just a worm and, like, I'm just this thing that's attached to the worm. That's what I am. I'm just a fucking thing attached to the, the worm. I'm going to look at the worm. Hey, hey, what's up, worm? You want to go somewhere? I don't want to have my dick hanging out too bad, but... Okay, you're the worm. You want to inch anywhere, or what do you want to do? It's like the Cyclops. Cyclops is like, oh... I'm one-eyed Willie. I must find you a vagina. We must get into the vagina now. I'm going to splatter. I'm going to splatter the matter inside her and make a mini version of you. 
then you are going to go to work every single day of your life for your little mini-me. <laughs> I'm the purple-headed warrior, Cyclops. His velvety purple-headed warrior penetrated me in my fertile crescent repeatedly over and over and over. The sword was sheathed in and out, in and out. I cared not if he would leave me tomorrow. I just made that part up. She cared. That was like a romance novel. I was like, Mom, Mom, what's, what's a purple-headed warrior? God, that was awkward. Oh, finally I'm going to lay down. Okay, I think these little animals have gotten off this little thing. Pantagonia. Fuck. I didn't even want to do this, but now that I'm here. Oh, I can smell the bay leaves again. I don't even care about anything. I just, like, was kind of, like, unconsciously driven. No? Unconsciously brought by my body to, like, recline. I sent out an email today that said something like I was contemplating pastoral repose or something like that. And I was like, did I say all those words correctly? I'm using English like so much like someone who reads a dictionary. It's like, dude, what is the English thing? Like, why am I using English? Well, you know, that's in journalism, people like use English. But I don't know if they use Americanish. I'm just kind of like, okay, well, let's see if you guys want to pay me. But I'm just so used to not getting hired. And I'm like, I cannot. It's not that I cannot moderate. It's that I will not moderate my rhetoric. But I do use, like, I guess, submissive forms of formal English at times. And I'm definitely capable of doing that. But I just... <sighs> Something about, like, I think it was Ernest Hemingway, like, brisk, assertive forms of journalism and whatnot. I'm like, I, I like fact-based. I did it recently. I did who, what, when, where, why. It didn't quite work out with the format and the size of the type. But I was like, wow, this is, like, such a a perfect way to report. I never went to journalism school, but I was like, I'm, I keep looking for, like, the, the credo or the philosophy or the instructions on how to. Yet I also read uh, some journalistic codes of ethics and whatnot. I think Society of Professional Journalists credo. And, like, I thought about it a little bit. And then I started to, like, criticize it a little bit in my head. Or to imagine, like, the alternative. Because I was like, wow, there's some ethical and moral declarations or declaratives, essentially, or estimations, modal, tense, obligations to form or custom or particular representations of behavior. There's some implicit expectations about morality in these rules, I guess. And I mean, I'm not a specialist in morality. I'm definitely not a specialist in modal future tense of English or if that's what it is, but and grammar, but, I mean, I'm, I'm able, and I don't know if I want to keep trying, because I could be Cain, and I just want to, like, change up a little bit, I want to be like, you know what, I'm tired, 
of trying to conform to their expectations. Yet, I want to improvise a little bit and like change, but I also don't want to change too much because I'm like, it's like changing into a werewolf. It's like Mr. Jekyll and Mr. Hyde or whatever. Or it's like going to freaking Kane after I've been able my entire life. And I'm like, dude, I don't want to freaking, you guys don't want to see me on a bad day. I don't want to see you on a bad day. And I think that's why I call upon sharpshooters to just do the job. Do the job that you are good at. Not me. Nazi. I've had to estimate so much. Who is the Eagle Eye? Who is the Eagle Scout? Who is the sharpshooter? And I've never said pink mist. But if you haven't gathered and gained everything I've said by now, if I'm the one who's moving you and moving things, use your will, dumb fuck. Proceed at will against enemy. Oh, I don't even want to try. That's my point, man. I retired a long time ago. Five eyes. Bitches. Signals ops. Black, white, white, black, 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 black. Beep, 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 beep. Or beep. No. But just for that. Like, no, I didn't. There's like Salmon 4. There's Morse code. And there's like, fuck you. Legend of Zelda. I'm going to burn the fucking bush and go down the stairs. Dee dee doo 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 doo. Blum, 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 blum. Gonna get a big old fucking sword and fuck you, bitch, bitch, fuck you. I think that I made Chelsea Manning wear a dress. I don't even know where that person is nowadays. I couldn't believe it. I was like, what the fuck, dude? But then I was like, wow. It came out and it was like so freaking interested in being a girl. I was like, really? I thought that they put a dress on Bradley Manning at first because it was like designed to shame any kind of whistleblower. But there was a naturalness about the person's apparition afterwards that was like, okay, I guess you're authentically gender bending. It's just. How deep is the Navy? And I'm like, okay, well, the Navy's pretty deep. So I guess Cherry Marines, Tail Hook, Keg Rigs, Revelations, and being on a ship with a lot of men for your entire life is like, I don't want to try to speak in naval slang, but it's probably worth the bread and water if you really, really want to play with other people's dick all the time. And it got that weird that Bradley Manning put on a dress. I'm like, okay. And I mean, if you're a gender bender or a trendy or a tranny or a transvestite, if you still have morality that's like you don't want to destroy innocent people, then, I mean, morality is like, you know, I mean, there's different levels of morality. And then there's idiosyncratic relationship to one's self, which for most uh, libertarians may involve any kind of sexual exploration as well as drug ingestion or 
forms of individual behavior, as long as it's not harmful towards others. I mean, a lot of people probably revel in their exploration of self to weird extremes. And they still have a morality that says they don't think that innocent people should be murdered. And then there's like, and I think it's a higher priority. It's like, thou shalt not kill. Then there's probably Satanists or utilitarians or nihilists who are all about murdering. And whether or not they put on a dress or not is like, I don't know that terrain of personality. I don't really know much about high command of military or the history of homosexuality and fascist homosexual regimes. And in fact, everything I might have thought I knew about, for example, the SA and the SS could be fiction as well. Who was that one cop? There was that cop that said, um, what was his name? He spoke to a huge crowd. He was like a 9-11 truther. I think he was from the South. His name was Jack, I think. He was like kind of a well-known activist cop for a while. But he said that the J. Edgar Hoover transvestite story was completely fictitious. Yet, I kind of think that his allegiance to like certain macho mentality might have also allowed him to believe that. But what was that guy's name? But similarly, all this report that the SA was like homosexual, or I think it was Ernst Röhm in the Nazis, was murdered, I think, by the SS. That Looking back on that, could be absolute war propaganda or historical falsification. More signals manipulation. I have no idea if that's true. No idea whatsoever. Oh, I stole a book once from this landlord of mine. I basically pilfered it. I was talking about him the other day because he was like, he was into BDSM and he was even joking about getting a gimp in his closet. And then his son, who was my friend, was joking about that too. And I'm like, this is getting fucking creepy, dude. And then one day he had his closet door opened. Not like related to the double entendre of being in the closet, but when they're joking about having a gimp in the closet and then you're like their tenant, that's when the Jews are getting like a little bit too much for this guy. And they think that's funny. I'm all about voluntary associations and whatnot. And if you're submissive, I mean, if you willfully decide to be that submissive, I guess that's your thing. But And there was a lot of BDSM in San Francisco. I mean, many people probably know. I mean, many people are involved too. And I do believe that a lot of it is consensual and maybe submission is like a a way that some people find something, but I only tolerate that to like a degree. Now, degree is figurative. I don't know. Somebody once offered to like perform dominant behavior patterns upon me as if I was the submissive and I, he, he totally advertised that option and I was like, yeah, no, yeah, no. Yeah, no. What's in it for me? What's in it for me? But yeah, signals intelligence. Signals intelligence. I guess if they present a dichotomy to you and it's like, well, are you a sub or a dom? And then you feel 
ordered or forced to choose because you've been taught to accept false binary definitionals. I mean, yeah, at some point I started to think I'm a dom. But I'm a dom without submissives. And someone would, I can imagine someone out there going, That's sympathetic. You're dirty and disgusting. Get down beneath my leather high heel now. You're a dog without submissive. <laughs> like that chick on uh, Billions. God, I hate that show. This one guy, oh yeah, Peter Kafka is like, oh, I like Billions. And I was like, I don't like Billions. I would never pay Showtime just to watch Billions. I mean, I like Billions a little bit, but oh, every time that chick shows up on that show, I start falling asleep. I lit, how how boring is BDSM when the female dominatrix like literally makes me fall asleep? <laughs> oh, I was also wondering if LOL um, translates. Like, if I did LOL on YouTube translation. And then I translated it. Would it have a? Would it just be translated LOL in Chinese, or would they have like a a pictograph or pictogram that meant the same thing? Is LOL universal by now? I mean, it's a, it's a cool symbol. It's almost like a pictograph. It's an acronym, but it has the shape nearly of almost like a Chinese pictogram. It might it might universally translate much like ice cream in Japanese. Ice cream is kind of a not a backronym but a translation that becomes oh it's an idiom that becomes um, vernacularized within the native language essentially it's an idiomatic translation or. Adaption. I wouldn't know exactly how to define it, but I like uh, linguistics, but I also don't know the precise terminologies that are common for those who study linguistics. PMA, I was just like, well, sharpshooters. You know, when the cinematographers film up the telescope and they see the eye and it kind of blinks, there's something about the telescopic relationship between the magnification of the eye, the optic, and it's been—it's almost like a trope in sniper movies to show that moment. Yet, there's also something about how just inside the frame of the motion picture cinematographer's window then or the presentation there of the motion picture the face of the sniper actor maybe bradley cooper or whichever sniper was in the motion picture i might have thought i saw where their face it goes black to flesh color black to flesh color kind of in like it there's something about the very nature of a telescope or a um scope where there's that thing and so i think it happens on a microscope too where it's like black and then you see and I think what, I think you're seeing the um, I 
Maybe the side of the scalp. But that would be interesting because I want a motion picture. There's something that... Holy shit. That was almost like a Widowmaker. There's something also, though, in the face. I don't know. That's interesting. Speaking of signals, intelligence, because it's always like a black, white, white, black. Like a lot of um, signal from like semaphore to, I mean, binary computing option as well is like it's one or zero or it's black or white in patterns and then receptor or receiver is going to absorb the reflective or the muted light signal that's contrasted between white and black most likely if it's the very optic nerve of our eye and I'm I'm almost guessing, although I know nothing about photo optics and electromagnetic and or signal transmission and reception, but it makes sense, doesn't it? I mean, one and zero, which I don't really understand, but that would be electrical impulse and then null. But if it was fiber optic and it was between black and white, it might be electro pulse as well, signal that generates light between the reflective white and then the absorbing black. Hmm. I don't know if that, any of that makes sense, but I'm just like, I'm wondering about essential signals transmission. Holy fuck, I'm a little bit high right now. No, I just have that trance-like thing. I'm looking at a whole bush of, uh, this is like a stereogram. Do you remember stereograms from the 1990s? Uh, my eyes are just gazing at this huge bush, of this tree. And there's like one orange leaf kind of in the middle of my perception right now. And it's like the, the green field of vision is sort of static, but, um disappearing practically it's about to start like revolving while my optic consciousness is all focused on this orange center of what is an otherwise like um sort of massive um negatable perception field much like if you remember the stereograms, stereograms from the 1990s, inside the field of black and white imagery, there's like 3D or um, printed deception of 3D potential that then tricks the eyes into like kind of crossing and creating this false three-dimensional perception those things were interesting and they were like a fad but then they went up i don't know they just like like we we brought one home from the mall <laughs> there's some comedy at the times like where some guy was like staring oh i think that was in mall rats yeah speaking of the malls 
Wasn't there a guy that was, like, in Kevin Smith's Mallrats that was, like, staring at a stereogram poster? He's like, what? He was, like, the recurring joke. Or he was, like, the leap motive of the um, fictional narrative as it progressed. Kevin Smith's scripts, I always kind of felt were a little bit, like, stiff. But that would be figurative interpretation. There was, like, this, like, distinct style of joke as it unfolded and was directed. Everything was so discreet. It was almost like reading a comic book. Or watching a comic book. I didn't dislike Kevin Smith, but I didn't necessarily get to the point where I was like, oh, Kevin Smith's a genius. And I would contrast that to, like, I don't know, I would just suggest something like David Lynch, although I'm not a huge fan of David Lynch or anything, but just, like, where a flow in the narrative is just, like, way more, like, different. And it's not so precisely, like, cut. Or there's overlap between scenes with music and crossfades and then different different flows of dialogues or use of silence and stuff. Yet, um, that would be kind of like editing style. I don't know if there's a different way to do that in comedy, but... I don't know, I would almost contrast it then against like a Woody Allen. Not that necessarily it is absolutely different, but... Wouldn't the flow of a Woody Allen comedy be like... Way different than the flow of a Kevin Smith? And what would that be? Well, that would be narratology sort of, but just... The way that the dialogue is actually presented. I just think that Kevin Smith, most likely, and my guess, I know he's a pretty cool guy. Like, I remember seeing him in interviews. Oh. In fact, he was confronted by a 9-11 truther at one point on video, and he said something kind of ambiguous. Like, he's like, I wouldn't rule that out. But he might have said, I need to see more evidence. One of those kind of ambiguous exceptions, accepting, yeah, in a state of acceptance, one of those ambiguous acceptances, or exceptions, could that be a word, I don't know, acceptings, in one of those ambiguous acceptings, In one of those ambiguous acceptances, he did not deny the report, but did not necessarily confirm it, which may have been tactical. I mean, you know, some people are just like that. They don't really announce 9-11 truth, but they don't really negate it. Yet, um, I heard that was much like Naomi Wolf, I think she, excuse me, Naomi Klein. Shock Doctrine, she was confronted also on video regarding, do you believe in 9-11 truth or something, give us something to state, and she said, I think she was a little more positive in in the way she was like, oh, I wouldn't rule it out, but I would need to say, I would need to accept more evidence or see more evidence before I could confirm that. I mean, I was more like, as a patriot or whatever, I'm not so disinterested and academic that I was going to just say such you know, verbal, verbally ambiguous, linguistical 
declaratives. I'd rather utilize my voice and the publication power that I thought I had on the internet. You know, I don't know how much of that was interfered with, but to point to the positive signals that this definitively was a fraud. I mean, why would I not do that? And if they had not seen that evidence, well, maybe they never saw it. But I couldn't find myself absolutely excited about anybody who was not getting really aware of that. Now, I mean, in retrospect, perhaps I may celebrate a particular director or journalist for some things, yet that goes back to, like, relevancy. It's like, well, what is relevant? I don't know, though, because, like, also, there's time for people to catch up as far as, like, making me give a fuck about you. But it's like, Lucy, you got a lot of explaining to do. Like, where were you? Where were you? Which reminds me of the song. I wish I still had the recording. I don't even want to try to sing it right now. It almost instantly might make me it might make me cry. When I sang the song, I started crying. It was it was a really good performance, but it was just it had static in it, crackle from a a wire breaking or some kind of uh, transmission failure from recording to transcription, I guess, as data upon digital board, but it involved what I know probably was some kind of gold or electrical copper or some kind of metal wire. I remember the crackle. It was something that sounded like that, I think. Yeah, I think I recorded it on a laptop, so... It might have just been... I might have been using a microphone, though. Um, hmm, maybe it wasn't related to the, the wire. I remember the sound of the dis, this distortion, this recording failure on this one track I produced. And it was recorded with a piano and a voice, my voice. It was called, Where Were You on September the 11th? No, that was the sentence that was sang. Song. Where were you? On September the 11th. Did you know what you knew? Why weren't you at the windows of the world that day? Stern? Galloway? Silverstein? Why weren't you there? Why weren't you up there having swordfish? On September the 11th. Did you know what you knew? Where were you? Where were you? Don't you remember where you were on that day in Dallas? You do not recall? For you do not muster within yourself this submissive protocol which allows or requires you to respond under oath, over, standing? You do not recall, do you not? Recollection is not submitted then in this general direction? Okay. 
can almost quote Dick Cheney right then. I do not recall. I'll do a Christian Bale. I do not recall. I do not recall. I've been thinking a lot about Christian Bale. I want to completely change the topic. By the way, um, if you'd like to hire me for any services, including organization of mercenary agency, contemplate where my BTC address is and negotiate my attention with your delivery of the absence of tangible commodity and estimation or apparition of value as recorded on blockchain in such sensual situational representation that numerical value may be signaled towards my general optic nerve in categorical definitional volume of numeral that is numerically above as defined by verbalists since long time ago of numeral sizable in the relationship to Satoshi that is notably enough for me to give a fuck I just thought about it all too I was just like wait a second It's all digital projection of pixel. If there's man in the middle, Andreas Antonopoulos, Peter Todd, I may have gotten paid a long time ago. Comcast might have fucking interfered with my fucking recognition of numerical value. By projecting the wrong position of ledger manipulation towards my eye sockets. Oh, good job. Just kidding. I was about to be sarcastic, but um, it's not that I'm against intangible absolute null relationship to physical commodity form that may or may not have previously been referred to as money, if I didn't misspeak there. I do accept Satoshi's in my general direction, but the pixelation of the computer module that I am looking into at the moment, not now, but if in, and at any moment, if I may say so in the future, near future or otherwise, if it does not register numerical value that is like more than what the current address may have said in the past. If I didn't get paid or I didn't see evidence of payment, then FYPM, FYPM, PMA. Where was I? I was thinking about something. Beyond Stereograms and Kevin Smith and David Lynch and Woody Allen and discrete scene within narrative, fictional, comedic 
Naomi Klein, Shock Doctrine, Dick Cheney, Christian Bale. Oh, I did want to say, yeah, I've been thinking about Christian Bale recently. And I was like, you know, it just creeps me out. I wish you could tell him this, because he might get a laugh out of it, but... I mean, he looks like a healthy guy, and I think he came from a cattle ranch. And I heard that he got into an argument with his mom and his sister on set, and I've accepted that as factual, although I didn't see it and I wasn't there. And maybe it wasn't, but when I saw him in an interview, he looked healthy, and he looked uh, relaxed after a Batman movie, I think. And before the Dick Cheney movie, but I was starting to think about him. I'm like, oh gosh, it's one of those things that's so horrible. It's like, what if, what if they actually killed actresses in American Psycho? Like, what if that wasn't fake blood? And what if he was like trapped in a dark room in the machinist and like his spine was showing because he was not eating? And all those dead fish in that refrigerator was some kind of, like, that was his food, but he was told not to eat it. And it wasn't just that he method acted himself into that completely weird physical state, but he was, like, literally forced to be there through terror or some kind of entrapment or kidnapping or coercion. It just occurred to me, you know, I was thinking about it. I was like, wow, would you really, why would one voluntarily starve oneself in such a way? It's just so weird. Like, I want to know. I might even go back and look at it. I think I had a friend that reminds me of that time because I had a friend whose nickname was Mouse. And I think we even thought about that or maybe we didn't, but he just popped in my mind for some reason. It was kind of back in those days, which also would have been back in the days of approximately Pineapple Express, because about the same time I went with the girl I knew at the time, which is like, I mean, call her a girl or a woman, but she was my girlfriend, except she wasn't, because she said, I'm not your girlfriend, but we were in a movie theater, and it was like, you know, the air was like saturated with exhaled, I think it was exhaled cannabis smoke and we were watching what was called pineapple express so it was about that time and i'm like the machinist probably i'm like accepting in my vernacular the way i speak of motion picture i'm like thinking i'm like yeah i think it was about the same time oh and now i'm thinking of the landmark theater which is at embarcadero san francisco i used to watch a lot of movies there I must have seen the, the Machinist, and it may have been there. It probably would have been there. If I saw it in the movie theater, as I might have, because it was an odd movie, it was kind of like an art house flick, and I probably did see it about there. Or where else would I have seen it? Because I also went to what was called The Bridge, and that was on, um, is that Geary? I think it's on Geary. And uh, if you knew, if you know which theater I worked in then, around those times, contact me and tell me what the name of that theater was.
In fact, I'm thinking of optical as a word right now. Optical. I'm thinking about optics. I'm thinking about snipers. And marines. And a red-haired twin of a man who may not have had a twin. Also, I'm thinking of near misses. And by the way, if you check those records, you can see who I knew from my childhood who worked with me at that same theater, if he was on record as well. And you can look at a near miss of his later location and a Marine who may have had red hair, who had a twin, who may not have had a twin. Not only that, but Black Widow's sons, sons of Widow's sons, and polyester wearing badge having components of the force of which you have pledged your allegiance to. Such a loss of life as two, one local named Mitch and one female from same major as I had, they asked me, where did you get that idea? And then she died afterwards. And that was the same place that I said I got that idea from. And what was that idea? That was the name of my <clears throat> major. I invented a major. Not only that, but the symbol, although maybe not attested to legally or within any record, that bounded one concept to another, essentially without preference, yet one word for the other of the symbol sometimes not allowed inside some databases programmatically, is the current symbol of this next project. Attested to. Presented as signal representation of acronym plus symbol. Oh, I said the symbol though, didn't I? That would give you enough information for not only the next project, but also to solve some crimes. From this precinct or this vicinity to, yeah, and to amend or ameliorate the loss that was felt by this particular community that led to a lot of gasoline expenditure, expenditure between position of this GPS and closer to Sand Hill Road, or was it Morgan Hill, where some memorial took place, and the purpose of that memorial or the effect of that memorial may have been Lots of gallons of gasoline burnt to slowly parade your sad asses over the fucking hill. Hmm. PMA. Pink Mist Association. Oh, I'm not trying to make fun of you guys. I'm just saying that fucking in war, you know, these side signals that are coming up and these warnings and stuff, domestic populace becomes collateral damage. And it might not have been my decision, but the effect of my production upon 
particular, you know, loss of life occurs. Yeah, I'm attesting to the loss of life. That may have been intentional. Or interpret the data at will. I was just telling you how to refer to particular loss of life in relationship to signals I just announced and to contemplate then what really happened. Not on September the 11th, but I don't know what date that was. But the morning I saw, I just I couldn't even give a fuck. As I didn't. Oh, I know what year that was. It was about 2013. The things I thought to myself were, essentially, no one knows what's going on right now. I don't even know what's going on right now, but I kind of feel what's going on right now. Some shit went down. It was fucking related to snipers, optics, domestic suppression or signals, messages sent by some... And like, I mean, I don't know, because I think it was, yeah, it was definitely right around the same time. Two fucking jackbooted fucking motorcycle cops surrounded me. And there was this chick who was like kind of framing someone in town. And then there was like this shooting, but it was a BB gun. And they, they got me, they thought they had me on something. And they're all, you know what you did. And I would say I was lucky, but it was a coincidence, I guess, that I guess it was their supervisor came along. Now, I think they might have been California Highway Patrol, though, because they were way different. They wore different polyester, and they had different ethnicities. And this other guy came along. He's a little shorter. He's all, he, I remember him saying, and I think I have it on video record. He's all, you guys sure you have the right guy? <laughs> and where would I have been if she had falsely accused me? I saw her dad on video grabbing onto her, put, basically putting her in a headlock, pulling her away from the courtroom as they left this county. Her last name was Triplet. I was just talking about twins. I mean, I mean, being used as some kind of like. Mm, conciliatory, conciliatory sort of uh, admission or perfunctory, perhaps um, warm up to next object referred to by declarative subject myself. I am saying, I mean, or I did say, I mean. I don't know how that's used in vernacular parlance where you come from, but I think it's like as some kind of warm-up for the pitch or the sales pitch. But it's used like to uh, get to the next object in the logical declaration of declared reference points or objects. It's, it's addition. That's what it is. It's more addition to the argument. I mean, and I forgot what I was going to say, so. I was like, I mean, I'm persuading one that I'm not completely psychotic. It's just that if I'm to be amoral, and I mean, I'm going to say another story. I forgot what it was. 
Oh yeah, that's why. Because if I'm to be amoral and I say I just referred to triplet, but I was talking about twins, that's the thing. Well, here's the thing. I gave a speech recently, and it's in a cloud. If you guys find it, it's yours. I was going to put it out, but I was like, there's just too much negative cheerleading. And I'm like, I could just imagine, not an ad, my adversary, that, that announces it like it's I have one nemesis. There's thousands of guys and women with guns that project ammunition. Thousands. Any of them could slip and lose their fucking cool. Or decide willfully that they didn't like the way I was talking about them. So I thought that as I imagined that type of guy in that speech as I spoke, I thought, well, maybe the negative cheerleading is a little too harsh. But you can find it in the cloud. So it's up to any hackers or whatever, intelligence, whatever you are. I can't, I can't, I'm actually starting to think about the most likely person to signal this stuff and do this stuff. Not only that, but I mean, it goes through uh, uh, Comcast, AT&T, but it lands on Silicon Wafer, I guess, received, I believe, ultimately in perhaps New Zealand. But the location of the servers, I'm not quite sure. That's where it is in the cloud. You can probably guess which cloud I use lately. Holy mackerel. So, uh, therefore, I'm starting to think of who, then, is the um, local expert that I know that might start using this stuff. I'm like, yeah, you can hack it out. Or if you've keylogged all data, it's pretty clear. But I could give it a name, too, so I could say, well, it's um, Cops for 9-11 Justice lately. It's there. I mean, the whole the whole cheerleading is all there. If you want to use that, go ahead. I'll put it like that. That's, that's perfect. Okay. So, therefore, I've recruited superior computer expert, then, to use my rhetoric with my permission, if and when one can actually achieve the goal of getting it without my publication of the file source. Bezos could do it, probably. Peter Thiel could probably do it. But I don't think that they actually can do it. Unless they have computed everything I've said and can actually gain mastery over the cloud itself or the server. Well, NSA, maybe Comcast, I guess Xfinity. Anybody could do it, really. AT&T. And actual reference to file would be... I think I gave you enough clue right there. Um, It's not even Cops for 9-11 Truth anymore. It's Cops for 9-11 Justice. I didn't publish it because I was like, okay, as much as I think that that's a good idea... I think negative cheerleading is a really good tactic. I don't necessarily think everyone's going to agree with me. And so I could just get murdered for using that form of rhetoric. And again, I mean, if I'm amoral at this point, if I talk about 
a triplet and a twin in some kind of jest. Everything that I've already said has already been done. If they were paying attention to me the whole time, I could give them a clue. Then uh, all signals are known to capable inspectors, investigators. It just, the thing is, is that it's so easy to characterize a person like me as like a Manson or a Unabomber. And that's not what I am. And like, I have so many stories of how I feel like I was already signaled about the limits of my, in fact, that's another reason my hair went gray. And it had something to do with SK. I was like, fuck, they showed me on TV. And like, I was like, holy fuck. They're like, oh, his script said SK. And they're like, he got, they he's, he said he was making a fictional representation that was like Star Wars. And then, oh, they found a corpse in his garage when he was making an independent movie that was similar to Star Wars. And there's this police detective on the television. He's going, yeah, yeah, we found the body in his garage. <laughs> oh, he had no criminal record. And it was like, he was probably just some sci-fi nerd. I don't even think it was misappropriation of Star Wars, like, legitimate intellectual property, but something, like, kind of close to it. And it was like, oh, okay, that's, uh... <clears throat> horrible. But whether or not that story was even true, it just gave me gray hairs when I was like, oh, my God, I had a screenplay on my laptop at that time that said SK. And then that week or two weeks later, I'm watching the TV in my last job, and I was like, they're talking about a screenplay called SK, where that went down. And I was like, whoa, okay. So if that's a coincidence, it still turned my hair gray. And around the same time, I was like losing it. That's right before I had my mental breakdown. There was these two old ladies in San Francisco, and I think they were kind of like local celebrities, and they're twins, and they were about 80 or 85 years old. I was called up to fix their toilet. And then I spoke later with uh, one of my employers or a supervisor. And he said, oh, you don't know those two? Like the so-and-so sisters? I'm like, oh, yeah, they're like locally famous or they're minor celebrities or something. But I saw them and I was like in a hotel that I was working in, which you would know. I mean, the Department of Homeland Security definitely knows that address because I used it to get back into California when I flew back from Hawaii. And uh, we had a conversation about it on a phone or between myself, another guy, and somebody that was pretty much certainly referring to data. They gave me a clue verbally about one of the uh, addresses, and that jogged my memory, metaphorically. Damn, like I'm jogging in my fucking brain right now. Anyway, so these twins, different twins, then aforementioned twin which might not be a twin. I saw them, and they were dressed up, dressed up kind of fancy, I think, in duplicate outfits, and I fixed their toilet. Yeah, I can fix toilets. I fixed the back end of the water flow because the chain was off the handle. Maybe I am a handyman. I can do some odd jobs. And they said, thank you. And I was like, okay. And I was sort of thinking to myself, I'm like... You gals have never fixed a toilet before? 
but I guess they hadn't. And I was like, at the time, I was like, are those the Shining Chicks? Because I was like, oh my god, are those the Shining Twins? I don't think it was. Because the Shining Twins, I think they're still alive. They, they're probably about 65, 70. No, they have to be like... No, because they were children about when I was exactly a child. And like from my earliest memories, I saw Stanley Kubrick's The Shining. And so, uh, and I, I thought that I was that kid when I saw that kid on the television because I looked exactly like that kid. The kid's mom, who was Shelly Winters, looked like my mom kind of. At least she, my mom was uh, slender and she had black hair. And then Jack Nicholson looked like my dad. My dad would do a Jack Nicholson impersonation. I'm not entirely sure that at that age that I thought I was the kid in The Shining, but he dressed like me, he had the same hair as me, and I looked like him. I think that I probably thought, and, and we also, I drove a big wheel, plastic little tricycle truck, or toy that was popular in the 1980s. I don't remember entirely being like, all, oh, I'm that kid, but there was also a couple times where I think I played with my finger, and I'm like, oh, I'm shining, I'm shining right now. And my dad would kind of encourage me to shine or something. I don't know if my dad was trying to fucking drive me insane, but... Anyway, so much later, of course, when I was in that hotel and I saw the twins, I just thought to myself, are those the Shining Twins all freaking aged? And I was in a hotel, too, so it was kind of like the Shining. That was scary. As we might say, that was scary. But it was the other thing that really scared me. I mean, supernatural stuff scares me, and the fictional representation of supernatural natural stuff, it scares me. And I think it scares me very, very inherently. But so does torture and framing and evil on Earth that I think is actually happening. Evil is characterized as, like, the not just the powerful, but just the people who get away with framing people and murdering them and setups and just put innocent people in prison or torture people and then get away with murder. But not only getting away with murder, but just like vicious evil murder and stuff. And then seeing that representation on the television or thinking I did. Because that's like, I mean, I don't know exactly what that one case was about, but SK screenplay, I was just like, holy moly, I'm telling you what turned my hair gray. I don't know entirely for sure that that turned my hair gray. And I probably only have about a hundred or a thousand gray hairs on my head right now. But there was that moment of just like feeling petrified, which is still figurative, but just feeling like this <gasps> shock. Like a feeling paralyzed or whatever, just not knowing what to do, how to behave under certain conditions that were just so terrible or horrifying that I just, I just lost consciousness, essentially, or I lost, lost connection to my conscience, because I was shocked, I mean, and maybe literally, but the shock doctrine, if only momentarily, like a blank or a blink, but that can happen in so many ways, my dad used to tell me a story that his, his hair turned gray, no, actually, he told it like this. It was like later that I realized he was probably talking about himself, which I don't mind revealing the, the end of the story, but I was like, Dad, would you tell me a story? Because I used to ask him to do that when I was young and stuff. And He said, yeah, there was this guy, and 
I mean, he probably told the story longer, but he's like, there was this guy and he was in a boat with his son and all of a sudden they went over the waterfall and they, he fell all the way down and they landed on some little ledge and it was much farther to go down. And then the man's hair turned white. And I was like, huh. <laughs> I was like, leave it to my dad to speak in parables and riddles. But then later, of course, well, not necessarily of course, back to ship metaphors, of course, on the course. But I later realized that he was probably talking about himself and me and the financial predicament of basically living in America, which is living anywhere, really. I think that's what his story was about, and that he was, like, terrified of, like, the potential of us just becoming, you know, dissolved financially. I mean, my dad did a pretty good job. I gotta commend him. But at the same time, you know, I think about it a lot. And I was just at my mom's house the other day, and she showed me a picture of myself, like, as a toddler, like, laying on top of my dad, and he was in his bathrobe. And I looked in his face, and I saw that same thing that I'm, I've been suspicious this whole time. Like, I'm 41. Like, ever since my dad died, and I've been kind of trying to define it. I'm like, why do I hate my dad so much? Like, what, what was it about him? And I saw his face, and he just has this kind of sneering look on his face. Like, like what's this kid doing on my belly? Now, I mean, his face might have been anything else. He might have felt affection for me. He might have just had this funny look on his face. But I saw it, and I was like, yeah, there's that look. It's like he doesn't want me laying on him. And I'm like two or three years old. And I was smiling, like joyously. And I'm like, that's exactly what I remember about my dad. It was like he didn't want me around. He thought I was just like, like just something he didn't want around. Whereas I felt like he thought about my sister like he loved her so much and they'd joke and laugh and he she was like the princess and I was like this like unwanted opponent or something or threat to his self or something which is kind of Freudian you know I mean or it could be defined as Freudian but it was never like I was Jim Morrison going daddy it was more like he's like son I want or that's how it felt because like I never hated my dad but I guess I was like his opponent in a way he told me his story about his dad once though so I guess my dad was kind of like always teaching me stuff but he said that when he was an adolescent he had to like fight his dad with a knife but it was back in like the rebel without a cause days whereas I think we're all influenced by the motion pictures of our generation but my dad, like, kind of was a greaser or something. No, it was, it's actually, that wasn't, wasn't what it was. It was that his dad, who was a preacher, Presbyterian minister, who had adopted him, I think was beating him up. I think that's what it actually was. And then what happened was his younger brother, who was also adopted, he brought out a letter opener, which was a knife, basically, and, you know, showed it to Nelson and said, Leave him alone. I think that's actually what it was. Which is pretty interesting. 
And my dad, like, always kind of ridiculed his younger brother and made fun of him. It was, like, a character attribute my dad never matured out of, I don't think. Because I would call that, like, immaturity, to constantly mock everyone and tease them for, like, superficial reasons. It's, you know, it's a loss. It's a loss of honor. It's a loss of esteemability to constantly mock. And, yeah, I constantly mock, probably, but really only in life-or-death issues, I think. Especially when people are failing to attend to their sworn oaths. Hmm. I don't know, maybe I'll just stop. I'll be right back. <laughs> 